host Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. How do we come up with that opening? I just thought about that. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it sounded weird to me just now. I mean, I feel, I'm still finna say it because it's. I don't you know. know what which one came first, the intro or the like the song or the saying. I don't know. Oh, that's true. But I do remember that day I sent you it. That was the thing. That was before we knew what we was getting ourselves into. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Episode, what is this, 82? Shoot. And what a doozy. We got one for, oh, for this time. Yeah, it's going to be a good episode. Y'all going y'all gonna to laugh, y'all going to cry. Y'all not going to cry. But y'all going to laugh. Be right. <laughs> some classically black firsts on this episode. So And then last for some time. Only because we said we, said we wouldn't do certain things. You know, this could be opening a. Opening Can you imagine? My mom will listen to the show. <laughs> but after, I mean, between my show and my sister's YouTube channel, I'm sure my mom will be happy because <laughs> my show was significantly less explicit. <laughs> so <laughs> my mom was like, "I was like, oh, uh, dang, y'all put up a new video." She's like, "I don't even want to see it." <laughs> it's not, not even that bad. I don't think they're that bad. How many have you watched? Oh, see, the last one I watched was the um, the generic versus name brand. Oh, see, yeah. <laughs> Come on, content. It's not even just. It's not. And even, I be I mean, on YouTube. Shout out, shout out to my sister's YouTube channel. It's connected in Cali. In case y'all want to follow it and see what I'm talking about, but it's not. It's. I'm not saying like, oh, my sister got blah blah blah. I'm just saying, as a mother, you know, she, my sister's grown. She's an adult, so like. It's just some stuff where I was like, oh, I didn't know this is what we were doing. Oh, <laughs> sure. I got to go back and see yeah. it. And the thing is, that's crazy. I be on YouTube. It's just so very I, honest. Like, I just don't know how I missed it. But you know what my, you know what my uh, weird addiction has been on YouTube? What? Oh, gosh. It's not even that bad. Oh. I, w- <laughs> I watch people play Sims. Like, you, people, okay, you can fix your face with all oh, that. Oh, but you know what? Didn't you, weren't you going to try it and it's mad expensive? No, I downloaded Sims and it was 15 gigs. And I said, the devil is a lie. Oh, yeah. 15 gigs. You need a whole separate laptop for that. <laughs> exactly. I, I, and a lot of people who play on, um, a lot of people who play, they have like desktops. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not putting 15 gigs of just that. Now my dog won't go up and explode. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got stuff to do over <laughs> right. here. Right. Your, your freaking uh orchestra tapes have what happens to our our last that episode episode of right. that just disappeared it's gonna happen to all your tapes because you were mad. all of my I'm tapes actually, no, i'm not cool. even gonna speak that and but also i followed this one girl on youtube who like she has all these mods like on for sims so her characters be doing lots of ridiculous things they they be like <laughs> i don't even know if i want to say it but let me i mean they be doing stuff like they be like she has different characters. She playing a whole bunch of different games at the same time. So like one of the characters is a drug lord. The other one's a gang member. Like you can get all of these like add-ons to send. I'm in there looking stupid because I'm like, this is mad interesting to me. But I don't I don't just be like staring at it. Like I usually have it playing in the background uh, when I do my Duolingo. That's kind of like my setup. You know, I'm going to do some Duolingo, put some Sims in the background. It's weird. You could judge me if you want to. But like. I some of them are mad interesting like if you got the add-ons and your sims doing all type of stuff and wilding out it's interesting 
Speaking of Duolingo, I lost my. I don't even want to talk about him. I lost my ninety day Duolingo streak, and at first I was like, you know what, I'm done with this because I See? I knew if I lo- if I lost a streak that was long, I would not. That's that's three months. I lost right <laughs> freaking three month streak. Then you remember last time I did my free trial of Duolingo Plus. You can get your streak restored. It's like okay, I'm gonna do Duolingo Plus. I already did the free trial, so I can't do that again. But I was like, okay, I might pay. Like I'll get the lowest package. Tell me why I accidentally spent eighty dollars on Duolingo Plus. <gasps> you returned it. I thought about it. and I was like, okay, should I get my money back or should I take this opportunity to use it? Duolingo Plus? To me, is not that worth it but if you really 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 use it i'm like maybe it could be i'm getting annoyed because sometimes i lose hearts for no reason because i'm not paying attention mm. yeah I, I was mad because one one time and, and then like sometimes they're forgiving if you have a typo one time i made a typo it was one letter off and yeah, they gave me the whole thing be forgiving like, anymore yeah wow and also I, the higher you get you don't you notice that how they if you make a common mistake and they correct you they won't give you a heart back mm-hmm. have you noticed they started doing yeah. that i would pay for duolingo if i wasn't paying for french lessons and some um and higher up they stopped I, I noticed they was taking the uh slow-mo off of some of them i'm like people speak fast in spanish y'all need to put that back because sometimes i do need that oh i always be saying i can't speak right now no no the slow the slow-mo you know how sometimes if you can play it they say a sentence you got to translate it you can play oh. it they have a slow-mo one i don't know if they have that for french they do i say oh, okay, i can't okay. listen right now because it goes faster oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm trifling though because i'm like i take i i use it as a supplement you know what i'm saying so i'm like i'll be i feel like if i said something wrong my twitter would be like oh but we beefing oh we're gonna have to find a new tweet i got it i got I got somebody else tomorrow morning. I got to, we can talk about it offline, but like, baby, I've been here with Viola. If I'm not, I'm paying you. We switching teachers. You know what I'm saying? That's that's a beef I got with him. Listen, I got some beef with Cedric. He, it's been a good ride, but listen, if okay. I see you in Cape Town, I'm rolling up. And that's on that. It's on anyway. <laughs> we're, we're talking about nothing. Would you have a? Uh, I don't know tweet? what that is. Um. Okay. So. Excuse me. Um, the directors of eight orchestras in Austria have written an open letter to their government calling for the resumption of uh, concert hall performances. They argued in said letter that orchestral concerts are not only essential economically, but they are of. Ooh, I guess, ooh, excuse me. Sorry. You, sneeze. See, listen, it was sis. What? You okay? The, I'm telling you, the cough was purely like something went down the wrong pipe. Like, okay, I felt that, and is sneezing okay. even a symptom? I don't know, but you know, hypochondriacs unite. Like I sneezed too many times yesterday. You know, I started, I started, I put my hand on my head. I've been in the house, but you know, what I'm saying? it's listen. This is a terrible time to be a hypochondriac. I, you know, I am panicking. Every little, every little tickle, every little body ache. Every, it listen, it's annoying. Like, if I didn't have my uh my little arsenal of hand sanitizer ready to go, I wouldn't even leave my house. But you no, know, I got arsenal. a stockpile. Um, yeah, but they said that they are not only essential economically, but they are also of great relevance from a socio medical perspective. I let's unpack that because, huh? Does that mean like music I, therapy or like? Like, oh, they think it's, oh, I think they mean, like, it's therapeutic. Y'all could have just said that. 
Maybe it's the translation. But it's therapeutic um, to uh to spend ninety dollars for a ticket and listen to y'all play the same piece y'all played last month. Right. And then die after. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is a classical music podcast, so I feel like that might have been a confusing sentence, but like y'all have to change. And also y'all gonna have to change because your target demographic uh can't go outside. But that's tea for another episode. I'm just saying, like, listen, God has been saying, program black composers, reach out to the youth. What about the 21 to 40s? And y'all, but we love Beethoven one. And now look, your target demographic gotta be at the house. What y'all finna do? Hmm. Not this next week in Love Me Hip Hop Beethoven. Okay. <laughs> um, um, but they did come prepared. I mean, they attached a document that details uh, the measures that the orchestra's plan to implement um, in order to get back onto the stage. Uh, some of these, so at least they're not just like open us, but um, they also stated uh, that retail, apparently retailers and educational institutions have uh, been allowed to reopen in Austria. So mm. they're like cultural uh, bodies should also be able to open. But um, the measures that they plan to take are um, only fully healthy musicians and employees are going to be able to or should be able to return to work. Um, that high risk, make sense. Right. Okay, keep going. High risk employees exempted um, completely. The health of each musician uh, would be checked daily um, with those exhibiting signs of COVID-19 forbidden from entering the building. That doesn't really work because some people do not exhibit signs of COVID-19. And have y'all have not it. been listening for the past two <laughs> months? It's two and a half. I'm upset. I'm getting angry mm-hmm. at this. Um, all musicians would uh, remain at least one meter apart, which is not that much. Um, plexi- plexiglass walls would be set up for the wind section um, and instruments uh, would only be used by one musician, meaning like per- shared instruments like percussion. Um, and backstage, yeah, okay. everybody would wear protective masks and extra cleaning, regi- uh, like extra cleaning procedures uh, would be implemented, uh, including disinfection of ventilation. So things that should have been happening prior to this. Um, yeah. Um, so that's what they want. And I guess it hasn't really been there hasn't been a response as of yet. Of course not, because recent. people are dying. Yeah, <laughs> like they're kind of taking care of that. Listen, I'm a classical musician. I'm just as afraid as everybody else. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't have my orchestra job right now, but I'm just saying like, what is classical music gonna look like after this? You know, people, you cannot social distance. There's no aspect of classical music that you can social distance in. You know what I'm saying? You how are you gonna have? You cannot have um, orchestras six feet apart unless you finna play at the Hollywood Bowl. You know, like, like how are you gonna put all a hundred and okay, it's not a hundred, Katie. Relax. You know how you gonna put fifty people on stage six feet apart? You cannot do that. But I feel like people are literally dying. And I understand. Like I think classical music is is important. Um, here's my podcast. Um, but I feel like that's just like I just I just don't know. I feel like that seems like almost like, like borderline selfish to me, in my opinion. Just like the girls who wanted the beaches open, just like the girls who wanted home goods open. I think yeah. it, it kind of reads the same. Like, it's like, you know what? Hey, girl. And it's like, yes, these people are working. And I understand that. I understand that these people are working. But, like, how are you going to have an audience in a safe way come yeah. to that? Unless I don't you're gonna... even see that, like, y'all want to open it for what? Who is going to be up there? I know. I would not be at no concert hall if they opened it up. I, I'm healthy and I'm not going. Because, first of all, there's plenty of healthy people who have died. That's the first thing. And the second thing, like, there's... 
I'm sorry. Like we don't. I don't know what we're gonna do, and it's 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 troubling. But it's like, I mean, unless y'all want to do virtual concerts, but is that sustainable? Like, can you make like? Not I don't know. As I just much. yeah. You're not gonna make as much as the. Everybody's struggling right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. I just okay, girl. That and that's why yeah. they haven't answered because people are literally dying. Yeah, they're expecting um, a, a timetable from. I think they have someone that's called like their culture, culture secretary, in their government. But they're expecting a timeline um, that could that uh, explains how cultural events can take place around July and August. But of course, a prerequisite of that would be um, a significant uh, drop in the COVID nineteen transmission rates. Um, another thing that i just remembered um as you mentioned the hollywood bowls that they just canceled their season for the first time in 98 years yo crazy yeah they canceled ravinia last week it was like 100 something if i'm not mistaken crazy um well on the side of good news um sheku kenny mason just received the y'all gonna have to bear with me rheingel i think that's how you say that music festival award um yeah for 2020 um so he was due to to receive uh this award in person um at the festival um from on june uh 20th or the festival runs from june 20th to september 5th um but of course no longer happening but he does still receive the the award which is 15,000 british pounds um, oh yeah pounds yeah i was about to say <laughs> what she supposed to say when, she, when i say pounds um sorry i forgot my line <laughs> <laughs> um not not forgot my line <laughs> um uh it's a quote from um from the committee um they say with his honest earthy tone and warm vibrato um he embraces almost every musical phrase and plays into the hearts of the audience since the start of his career the young cellist has embraced what is important to him um cohesion sustainability and solidarity is not the numerous unique media appearances but rather his sincerity and humanity that make this exceptional artist a role model and a beacon of hope for the entire generation so congrats to him him. Right. Shout out um, for getting a critique without one comment of intonation. What a concept. Okay. <laughs> I can only dream. Um, they're planning to present the the award to him in person uh, next year. Uh, I know he probably like, well, can I get that check though? Right. Run him the check. <laughs> I saw I saw a tweet. It was like, who can come up to your uh, who can show up to your house unannounced? Oh, I saw. That. And it was like. Someone with them, one of them publishing house clearing checks. <laughs> I, was, I laughed way too hard at that. I've always mm-hmm. wanted that. Lord, I've seen what you've done for others. <laughs> um, all right, so last but not least, I saw this and I was like, I, we must include um, our favorite festival, Grand Tintin. Tintin, <laughs> Tantan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I listened back to that. That was annoying. Mm-hmm. And it lasted too long. Wow. And we never got there. I think I think someone someone corrected us. Yeah, I think it's Tetan. You know what? It's gonna be what you think it is. What what they do? <laughs> not what you not what I think it is. I'm reading it. <laughs> it's what it is. Um 
Uh, they have canceled their 2020 event, but they have announced an immersive filmed festival in its place. Um, so this festival is going to be streamed on August 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, which ha- which would have been the final days of their 2020 festival. Um, a smaller group of the musicians will come together um, under their music director and record and film uh, music from the mountains. Uh, three concerts um, in the hall that they uh, that they usually play in, Walk Festival Hall, um, including music by Beethoven, Mozart, Copeland, and Ravel. So nothing you've ever heard before. Um, wow, that's great. Um, as well as works from some of the female composers um, due to be performed at the year's festival. It's crazy how y'all didn't really think to mention their names. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. I'm just glad. I'm I'm glad black people only chucking and jiving and rapping. But the, the fact that y'all really I y'all hate took, it here. You, y'all <laughs> took the time to say they're gonna play Beethoven, Mozart, Copeland, Reveal, as well as some female composers. What you can one of their names? And also we we peeped how you put Beethoven verses. We noticed that we know it's a, a attention grabber. Y'all are pathetic. I ain't watching this. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, so angry today. I'm sorry. There's so because, many things I've been making that's me upset. Really it's really ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. ridiculous. It's, like, it's like, okay, you wanted to use, you used four names. You couldn't have said one. You literally grouped all of the, all of the composers that were going to make this any, any little bit of diverse. We don't even know who the female composers were, but any little bit of diverse. Y'all just, yeah, and them too. Like, nah, Ravel from France. Diversity. Okay. Wee, wee, wee. He, yeah, he was influenced by jazz, so you get the impression. Well, you know, the white people that found the jazz, you know that, right? And rapping. All right, so we're going to go ahead and uh, I'm, move no, on I'm gonna before stop. We Katie. Done? Yeah. <laughs> 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 don't really know how to respond to that. <laughs> oh, my freaking goodness. I just feel like the way you and I usually go, we can Oh, yeah, we should stop, worse, actually. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but um, if you wish to hear these uh, breakthrough composers, Beethoven, Mozart, Ravel, Copeland, um, tune in on August, whatever the dates I said were. And, um, you know, I'll link this in the description. Um, oh, their music director also said the world is craving beauty and serenity in this moment. He forgot monotony, but... Um, yeah yeah and whiteness um there's also going to be <laughs> there's also going to be a program of related online content um including a listening guide and a series of short videos about instruments and repertoire available to high schools across wyoming my kids would not be watching it let's go oh chile mm. well that's it i should have switched those last two stories but um what to say <laughs> well yeah. nothing happy about that i yeah. mean congrats to the people who get to work and and record that i will say that that's amazing that they are yeah able to work you know mm-hmm. that's you know everybody else got to start only fans yeah okay i um i was say no let's yeah. <laughs> um no but i did put that because i thought the the festival thing it was a good like throwback no i let me wrap it around okay i think it's a fantastic uh i think it's fantastic that people have an opportunity to work and I yeah. feel like it's fantastic that they will be reaching audiences, especially people who like that festival, who 
are yeah, used who to are going looking in, forward who were looking forward to it like i said ravinia you said hollywood bowl cancel like it's crazy you know what i'm saying so i think that's amazing yeah, um my comments have to, to, to summer festivals yeah i was going delaney told me not to <laughs> delaney told me not to ask for my 60 dollar uh application uh, only fee. because you planned on if you plan on having this some sort of or like reapplying to something like maybe not they're gonna be like this that cheap broad that asked for <laughs> <laughs> because i like if it were if it were other circumstances i might have because i feel like but also oh no, no no that's why it's because they've already reviewed your tape yeah they and that's what part of the application money. free is for so like yeah the work yeah. has already been done i'm I glad she that. i but i asked because sometimes I, I'll if be there doing. was a deposit then that could oh yeah 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 but um, i ain't said no deposit yet it wasn't all that because you know rona hit the fan and i was like oh so we're not going it, or, um but i'm happy for that i'm happy that they're working you know i ain't gonna say sharing music because i don't agree with what y'all sharing but i'm glad y'all <laughs> all right um all right, so next part of this episode, very, very trailblazing, groundbreaking, classic black history. Yeah, we got Gary McQueen on. Um, the, the the format's a little different. We when Garrett's around, we let him do what we do. You know what I'm saying? So we jumped right in, put the intermission in the middle of it, and then kept going. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what happened. And then also, Dylan, you want to yeah, got a little explicit um, warning yeah um so this the subject matter of this episode we're talking about rap music we we you know we really getting in there um so we just wanted to give a quick warning we don't usually um we don't usually use language well we use language a couple times on the podcast with other guests but there is a um i'm just the n-word apply or, or appears a couple times in this episode just in case that is uh gonna take you off guard um yeah, both but in yeah. both in speech and on um in, in music. and in, in the records that were played in the tracks that yeah. were played. But I think so, that's pretty much yeah. I just wanted to keep you abreast to that. The only thing, yeah, I think so. But yeah, other than that, it's a great conversation. We just, I mean, it's also a great conversation with that in it. But um, uh, just because we didn't want people like. Oh my God, classically black. We da, 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 da. Like, nah, like, I don't really see this is gonna hard. be a regular thing. Um, oh, just, yeah, it's not gonna be, this is not gonna be no. My mama listening. <laughs> my mama knows yeah. I'm trifling, though, so I guess. Yeah, I mean, my mom knows. I think my mom asked me, do I, do I use that word? But um, anyway, yeah, so enjoy our conversation with Gary McQueen. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. So, how about that? Um, <laughs> why don't Twitter act right? Why 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 okay, can't we do nothing on Twitter? <laughs> Garrett, we post out a little black okay, so for people who don't know, we talked about it before, the don't rush challenge. Yeah. Garrett, we post that we were feeling good. People were like, oh my God. And then I headed over to Twitter and I was like, No, these people did not try me like this, but I left it alone. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I came back and I saw you. I said, Okay, we playing. <laughs> okay, let's go. I was like, people just be I was, you hear yourself when you speak or write or does it sound like white noise like I was so lost the whole time as were they as were they. <laughs> they were lost <laughs> because they just didn't know what you could tell like first of all y'all don't know who you're talking to because y'all y'all mentioned 
the host of Classically Black Podcast and Gary McQueen in a tweet talking about uh, well, why don't you celebrate black composers instead? I'm like, yeah, you just don't, you don't know. <laughs> it's, it's the hotepery of it all. You know, <laughs> they, they think they know everything, but we right here living in person have dedicated ourselves to this craft, but you know better. Did you exactly. did you see the thing the dude who was like I have no problem being called a hotel? I screenshot that gun and I said it's uh Delaney. I said, well, you know what? This is over. If that's what if, if there's nothing else I have to say. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have a problem with being a hotel, that's problem number one. Exactly. So you know right. what? You have other things to deal with besides me. So go ahead and do. But my favorite part of the evening, the morning, was this dude was like. um you know what, I don't want to handle this, uh, I don't want to do all this no more, like, uh, I wish you, I wish you, you guys well, like, um, your, your time is coming, and Jonathan Rush was like, our time is here, and I was like, you know <laughs> what? Our time is now. <laughs> it's now, right. I was like, you know what, y'all picked the right ones on the wrong day. And it's just a shame. It's just a shame that we can't even just exist, you know, and that's one of the great things about this podcast, Classically Black, is that y'all really just exist authentically as yourselves in the classical music field. But obviously, folks just don't want us to do that. You know, they just have a problem with with uh, with folks talking about hip hop, folks being uh, so-called obsessed with race. I don't know if y'all saw that tweet. It's weird. To, it's so weird to be obsessed with race. But yeah, they just going to be haters to the end. But it is okay. what it is. A lot of those people were like across the pond. And I, I remember getting a question like at the AB. Why am I blinking on the name? You see how long I've been in the house? At the IVC <laughs> that was in, that was in, I got a, a a remark that was like, um, I was talking about Adolphus Taylor's life and X, Y, Z. And they were like, a question was like, so you guys still deal with that kind of stuff? And I'm like, either you guys are deciding to, to, or this, or like y'all really just don't know what's going on. Like I hate when people say like y'all always make this about race. Y'all always this country was founded on racism. It's, right. it's too late. You think it's gonna be yeah. about it's just the, it is. I don't know. Go take a time machine. Go back in time and tell your great 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 mima, like Delaney said. Exactly. Not the great mima. And to not be hate. <laughs> and then we wouldn't make everything right. Then we wouldn't make everything about race. Like this country was founded on racism. Three fifths yeah, of a person. Just like, a what, what are we? <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> Y'all make everything about right because it is. Hello. <laughs> yeah, they were they were wilding. I mean, it, it it was crazy because you could you could totally see how people were just so flabbergasted at the fact that you can like two things at once and two things that seemingly in their mind and quote unquote like negate each other which classical music and hip-hop do not have to do like I don't understand why they're always seen um they're always seen as like uh two opposite sides of a spectrum because like there was one person that replied and was like but can y'all play Paganini and I'm like (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> yes, right, we can. you know my teacher there's really none of your well, business what I panic and I play <laughs> and first and foremost one dude 
Okay. Well, so I was just going to say, you know, Katie, you're a graduate of Eastman. Uh, Delaney, you know, you go there. It's not like Eastman is just a community college or something. Like, you have to be worth a damn to be at the school. So, ooh, y'all getting me fired up on this Saturday evening. <laughs> Amen. And you always watch, like, I was thinking about, like, you know, you watch, I watch, I like watching my beauty gurus, you know, Jackie Ina, shout out to Jackie Ina, and, you know, the girls who got, like, all these millions of followers, and they, and they always do Q&As, and they always be like, you know, you really can't get the negative comments get to you, and da 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 and what really made me mad about that is, like, I'm not an influencer by any means, but what really made me mad about that is a lot of the comments and the tweets were like, oh my god, this is amazing, this is amazing, and, like, we went after the three people and it's like, I, I really hate that it had to be like that. But also, I wasn't going to go down like no punk. Like, he really exactly. was not going to tell me that. <laughs> like, you weren't going to tell me that uh, one dude was like, um, you, you have to try to be down. I'm like, I'm black. I don't know nothing else but being down. And also, <laughs> I wasn't even raised on classical music. Like, it's just, it's exactly. like, I was, I grew up listening to Hezekiah Walker. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't even raised on the stuff that you want me to pretend to... I was raised on the stuff that you want me to pretend to ignore. Like, I don't know what else you... It doesn't make sense. And what? Because I started... I learned Walton, so now I got to forget all that stuff. Like, I'm really confused with what you want from this. And he also, yeah. you took one two-minute video and made, like, all of these assumptions. <laughs> right. Like, I should really well in language arts class. I really, really will. Seventh grade language arts. Shout out to you. Because y'all got a like, whole bunch from two minutes. Right. Um, pretending to be down that that really I was like are you serious you you're acting as if I'm going to my family reunion is hot telling them that I'm majoring in political science or something because I don't want them to know I play the bass like <laughs> it's really not that deep like I just it's really not that deep and and what really got me was after all like a, a group of people like they came for us and then we had some something to say back that one guy deleted his tweet and was like I mean that was terribly rude of you and blah 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 and all of this I'm like and and this is the thing about like defending yourself in this situation like I was listening to Amanda Seals talk about this because she replies to a lot of people not everyone but she replies to a lot of people that have things to say about her but she was saying, like, when you're somebody who has integrity and you have, um, you know, you have a, a connection to the things that you're doing, you really, really care about them. You don't you, you should have a problem with people spreading lies about you or making assumptions about your work. Like it just comes from, you know, you really being invested in it. So I think because we're so invested in classically black and all the the, the work that that we do, it's like you're not going to be out here telling Twitter all of this stuff that's simply not true. And see, the other thing is the respectability of it all. See, those folks didn't expect or, or felt like they could say what they wanted to say without any sort of backlash or, or, or any right. sort of anything. But as soon as anybody, as soon as y'all come back, y'all the ones being disrespectful, y'all the ones being rude. Right. When they when they started it all, it's, it's those respectability politics that I threw away years ago. Period. <laughs> You're not going to say nothing to me and expect not to hear nothing back. Right, period. Yeah, it made me really like develop a new because I always said time and time again, like you would see like Cardi B, for example, one who's like kind of new to the scene. Well, not now, it's 2020, but you know what I mean. Like she's she hasn't been here as long as someone who was seasoned like Beyonce. Right. And you always see her replying. And I always be like, if I had that much money, I really wouldn't say anything. But you really have people who are coming for you like you 
it's like i feel like it doesn't matter how much money you have like yes like beyonce literally just embarrasses us all and never replies but like it's it's hard not to see people coming for your life and they don't know anything about you they have all these things to say they don't know the full story without defending yourself without going live on instagram to got something to say about it like it's hard to not do that you know and now you got me thinking about the song one of the songs i brought in i gotta pull up these lyrics real quick (laughs) while garrett pulls that up we have uh garrett on because one he's garrett um and number two (laughs) um we're going to uh talk about how classical music is used in hip-hop music and then vice versa we have uh we've each picked chosen Ooh, master degree don't fail me now <laughs> two songs uh that have classical music that's either inspired that has been has classical music elements or maybe it was inspired by classical music or whatever whatever we're gonna talk about it um delaney and i we have to talk about this but we might have put like an explicit warning because these are grown lyrics um it's hip-hop <laughs> y'all you know what i'm saying like i don't know I don't know how we went around that, you know what I'm saying? So And we just putting the phone up to the mic, that's what we doing. Yeah, we really gonna keep it real, you know. Oh no, yeah, I'm good. I'm just making sure I'm I'm I got the protocol right. Uh why don't we start with our guests? Why don't we start with Garrett? So we got um rap songs and maybe we can just go around and then we'll go around again. Yeah, yeah. Uh let me get it pulled up here. So um, you know, one of the joint challenges between hip-hop and classical is that they're two genres that haven't always respected and given equity to its women. So I think anytime that Mm -hmm. we have a conversation um, about hip-hop at all, we have to make sure that we include uh, female rappers in the conversation as much as we want female composers to be in the conversation. So that's why uh, the first uh, song uh, I brought in was one by Queen Latifah. Now, I know that, you know, when I was when I was a little kid, you know, Saturday mornings was about turning on the TV and watching those music videos. So, you know, some of the folks listening to this might be a little young to remember Queen Latifah in her prime. But you know, she she is one of our icons, period. I mean, she, I think she is so important to the genre. And um, and as I was saying, you know, in the same way that classical music doesn't always shout out its women, same for hip hop. So I wanted to make sure I brought in um, one of her songs. So, um, of course, the one that most people would know is uh, UNITY, which starts with uh, a, a really dope sax solo. But I wanted us to uh, listen to uh, Just Another Day. So, along with the idea that um, women in classical and hip hop haven't always gotten their flowers, they've always had to do a little more. Okay. So, mm-hmm. think about all of the, the uh, females in rap. You know, these days we got Megan the Stallion. We got um, we got Nikki, we had Lauren, you know, Foxy, all these folks. They had to do so much more than just rap. They had to be great singers, too. Right. So um, mm-hmm. I, I think Just Another Day by Queen Latifah um, is a great example of that. If you really listen closely to the uh, to the track, you hear, um, you know, your minor sonority laid out, you know, your your five, three, one. Uh, I think it's G minor if, if my if my perfect pitch isn't failing me now. But <laughs> and you can and you can take, um, you know, that base, that really subtle baseline and make a whole chord progression. So actually earlier today, I was sitting in front of my keyboard 
and um, in a minor key, just play one, seven, six, five, you know, just that chord progression. That's a little um, unorthodox when it comes to, you know, all, all of our, you know, classical compositions and parallel fits and all those rules. But, you know, everything can be applied. And I think it's just um, so incredible that we have that piece of music uh, and so incredible that um, we have uh, Queen Latifah. So we, we about to hear a little bit of it now. We should have made Garrett go last. You see this? <laughs> shout out to New York. Shout out, shout out to the city. We'll hear her sing and get into her first verse a little bit. You better sing, Queen. If, if, if you're a young one and you're not familiar with that one, be sure to look up Just Another Day by Queen Latifah. The last thing I'll say about it, you know, when we talk about uh, music thematically, think about um, Beethoven's Pastoral, you know, the symphony, Katie, that you don't think anybody plays. Or all that stuff by Sibelius or, you know, even Copeland, when you talk about the Red Pony Suite and Hoedown, you know, it gives, it, it paints the picture of, um, a community, a, a culture where you are in your life. And that's what Queen Latifah was doing there. You know, just another day living in the hood, just another day around the way. Amen. But Copeland was doing that. You know, like, uh, we, you know, <laughs> pa- painted a picture of the Wild West or, you know, all, all that we sort of sure stuff. Did. We sure did do that. Also, oh, we're not here for Copeland <laughs> on Classically Black. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no something about it makes me feel like i gotta get up early and milk some cows or something i don't know it's <laughs> not it. but you know i don't mind appalachian him i guess appalachian him is that what's called spring appalachian spring i always get it confused because there is a piece that's literally grade 0.5 for beginning orchestra for beginning string orchestra called appalachian him and i literally can't ever get it right people gonna be like i thought it was a classic music podcast and is but i can never um okay my bad we back we back you going to any yeah i can go next um so i went um a little old school for my first pick um this is one thing that i realized i was listening around an instrument that that they actually really love in hip-hop is the flute oh yeah like they could really they could really uh produce some hip hop tracks with the flute. So um my first song that I picked is a song called Lil Ghetto Boy. Um is from Dr. Dre's debut studio album, The Chronic. Um so a classic for West Coast hip hop. Um and it was released in nineteen ninety two. So the chronic the whole album was groundbreaking at its time it really not only for the use of live instruments which is like uh you can hear that a lot in in things that dr dre has produced he 
he really makes use of a lot of uh, different instruments, but also for how much it was influenced by other genres, like in the background vocals were influenced by soul. A lot of the um, the tracks on the album were influenced by early funk music, um, which actually led to Dr. Dre creating this sort of subgenre of hip hop called G funk. And I thought that that not only do like the the instruments relates classical music, but also just the idea of him taking influence from other uh, genres at the time or other genres that came uh, before him and incorporating and making this sort of like sub this subgenre of G-Funk reminded me of like how in classical music like everybody is inspired by who came before them and that's how we get these like these uh, new eras of classical music that's how we get you know romantic music and that's how we get like impressionist music and you you get people who take what they've learned from from others and then they sort of make this this new style of music it happens in classical music but only to an extent because as you can see people want to draw the line at a certain point like when we start talking about hip-hop you know like people want to draw the line they're like well you know maybe we we, we shouldn't be doing all of that but um yes yeah, so i'm gonna play a little bit i'm gonna play a couple of seconds from the middle and then the outro um as well um but it's sort of just like a situation where the 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 vocals and the flute kind of go back and forth it's just i love it Okay, then I'm gonna play a little bit of the outro. And I also forgot to mention that um this this song does uh feature Snoop Dogg too, um in the beginning. So that's a little good old boy, Dr. Dre, featuring Snoop Dogg. Um, when I heard that, I was just like, I can't believe people really think that there's like such a divide between these. I, I just can't believe it. But <laughs> um, I know. Put, yeah. put that put that on an audition excerpt list for the flutes and see who make right. it through. Who's going to struggle? Right. <laughs> right. 
I'm so glad, Delaney, that you mentioned the flute because, you know, across um, hip hop, the flute has been an uh, important instrument. Think about what uh, Mask Off did for the flute or um, right. Bob the baby. You know, uh, Lizzo mm-hmm. isn't so much a rap artist, but obviously, you know, she's done a lot for the flute. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to the hip hop, uh, hip hop's relationship with the flute. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, people are gonna be able to tell that like I don't listen to a lot of old school stuff unless it's gospel. So here we go. Um, <laughs> the song <laughs> I was picking a song by Joyner Lucas. So I kind of happened upon Joyner Lucas um a couple of months ago. Like um, I followed this uh influencer podcaster that I really respect, Dustin Ross, over there at the Friend Zone. And um, he posted this uh, this song, and I, not this particular song that I'm going to talk about, but a song by Johnny Lucas. And I was like, I really like this sound. Like, who is this? So, like, of course, I just dived into it. Johnny Lucas is mad cool. He's a newer rapper, per se. Like, he he's been, he came onto the scene um, with a, a single called Ross Capiccioni in 2015. So he really hasn't been here that long. Um, uh, he... He has a song called Revenge, which, okay, so just hear me out, okay? <laughs> so there is piano in the background, like fundamentally. I'm not talking about like, like no whatever, you plugged it in, like not a MIDI. It's piano in the background. But when I heard this song, Revenge, I was like, this sound like Bolero, kind of, right? Hear me out, here I go. So you know how Bolero <laughs> is star real, real star? Bolero is like an overzealous crescendo. That's really all right. it is. And actually, Bolero is one of my favorite pieces. So shout out to Ravel. You see, I did. I tried. You know, Bolero is one of my favorite pieces. I get looks every time because, and it's not the same thing over and over again. People think it is, but like you have to open your mind. It's not. Um. So this, uh, this I don't know how well it's gonna come through on the thing, but this um song called Revenge reminds me a lot of Bolero in the way that it gets. I mean, I don't really hear a lot of hip-hop artists or rappers doing playing with dynamics and stuff so i thought that was super cool this jumped out to me immediately uh so here we go revenge by uh joiner lucas it's explicit y'all so put your kids up Around. 
So I'm sure like when he was in the studio, he wasn't like, hey, you know what we might could do? Mezzo piano. A gradual crescendo <laughs> you know over over you know, 16 I, bars. Right. I, I'm sure that's not what it was, <laughs> but it's really interesting how we we borrow ideas from classical music in whatever way. And also the piano, the, the piano goes in and out of, of the entire song. I can play all of it, of course. But um, I immediately, I was like, this is Bolero, but you know, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Joyner Lucas. I mean, the 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 new kids are 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 out here doing it too, you know. And especially like to come into the scene at a time like this where everyone sounds the same, you know. I feel like Kodak Black and Migos came in and everybody started sounding like them. And it's yeah. Like, to have this sound, I mean, I just I really really enjoy his music. Yeah, I can see that, and it's funny that you mentioned like going back to to classical music, um, like borrowing things from it because it depends on like I'm I'm thinking of a time where classical music kind of helped me fill in the blanks or something. Like when we were practicing Bacchiana to 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 rap Bacchiana, I remember there was this one part that I could not get. I don't know why it couldn't stick, and you were like, "Girl, it's like a triplet." Da, 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 da. and I was like and I got it immediately the second time like I was able to like to rap every single part except for that one part and then that one little piece of classical music kind of like like plugged that in for me like I don't know what it was Bakiana do slap by the way I just as long I, I gotta make sure y'all know <laughs> but bust down Bakiana yeah that's that's slap we gotta get it apart too I don't know what it's gonna be because, you know. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll I'll give my second pick. So, um, as as y'all know, as as we all know, being in this field, there are certain traditions that we really have to challenge when it comes to classical music, even all the way down to that phrase, classical music. And we've had um, this conversation before, but you know, I count all of blackness inside of that umbrella. So if you want to go all the way back to the Negro spirituals, come up through um, church music, gospel, that is all classical music, especially when you're talking about American classical music. So that's um, sort of what I had in mind, um, you know, when I chose this next song. So um, Drake is my second favorite rapper. Y'all don't, y'all don't like my favorite rapper over here. So I, I didn't bring, I didn't bring nothing by her, but. <laughs> oh, but I really have no problem with Nicki Minaj. Katie don't like Nicki Minaj. And you can. I'm just saying, like, we, one day, Gary, we have to talk about it off and on because no one is doubting that she's talented, but she is problematic. She is. No, she is definitely problematic. But, uh, but, but anyway, so Drake, yeah, he's, he's, he's my favorite uh, male artist. And for the past couple weeks, and I talked about this on uh the latest uh opus of triloquy for the past couple weeks the song emotionless by drake has just been in my mind so first of all you know to understand this song you got to go back again to our women um in music he samples a song by mariah carey um called emotions and when you take the sound of that black classical music and apply it in a contemporary way the way drake did oh it is so incredible and um, and in classical music, you know, more in vocal music, opera, chorals, singspiel, all that sort of thing, we put a lot of emphasis on words and lyrics and, and what they mm-hmm. uh, mean. Tinta was the uh, what was the old music term back in Mozart today for that, you know, the way the lyrics impacted the, the general aesthetic. And um, and this Drake song does the same thing. I just wanted to read a couple of these lyrics, you know, as a black classical musicians, especially coming up, we often 
feel like we're gaslit or that we're not allowed to completely be ourselves? Are we the only ones? Well, in this song, Drake has um, lyrics that say, um, leaving me to ask what's their motive and making peace, leaving me not to trust anybody I meet, leaving me to ask, is there anybody like me? How many times have you asked yourself that? Is there anybody like me? Am I the only one out here? You know, and then of sure. course he goes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and then he goes on, you know, talking about, um, you know, scrolling through life and fishing for praise, opinions from total strangers, take me out of my ways. And, you know, we could talk about that for a long time. The way these folks mm-hmm. on social media that you don't even know just can can mm-hmm. try to try their best to steal your joy. So um, anyway, yeah, like. <laughs> but 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 like I was saying before, you know, the the meshing of that um black classical tradition, the shout out to Mariah Carey, one of one of our artists, and then tying that in with Drake, one of the uh greatest new artists out. Some say one of the greatest to ever go. So here's a little bit of uh emotionless. better sing Mariah (laughs) don't link me don't hit me when you hear this and tell me your favorite song don't tell me how you knew it would be like this all along I know the truth is you won't love me until I'm gone and even then the thing that comes after is moving on So that's a little bit of Emotionless. That's on Drake's album, uh, Scorpion. Uh, If anybody listening uh, does not know Scorpion, I highly recommend that you go through that, um, go through that album. The B-side is more poppy. Drake does um, a lot of singing. Again, you know, showing his versatility as a musician. Um, So yeah, shout out to Drake. Shout out to Mariah Carey. Shout out to Scorpion. And uh, shout out to the song Emotionless. Probably my favorite rap song these days. You know, Scorpion, that was when Drake, you know, Drake goes through these, uh, these quarterly, quarterly, you know what I'm saying? Where he, he thinks he's Jamaican. Yeah. (laughs) Well, apparently there's a big, like, (laughs) there's like a big community up in Canada where he's from, you know, a a big Caribbean Mm -hmm. community up there or something. He'd be up at Caribana. Yeah, you know the vibes. I don't know why everyone, people don't like Drake. Like, he is so great. I mean, I don't think it's a lot of people, but like, there's like this, like, Drake is corny. Drake is this. I'm just like, Drake is amazing. Like. His rap is really like I don't know. He's really accessible. He has a lot. Of, he puts a lot of different sounds. Like I feel there's not a lot of rappers that play with a lot of sounds these days. You know what I'm saying? And what's crazy is you know the baby dropped his album a couple of weeks ago. I listened to the whole thing. You know, you know we rock with the baby over here. And people, the complaints were like, "See, y'all said the baby sounds the same, and now he did all this." And I'm like, "You, you don't want him to? Like you don't? You want to hear the same thing over and over again? Like that's not weird to you? I mean, I'm gonna listen, but you know what I'm saying? Like." And it's also, there's also nothing wrong with having a style, you know, think, think about, you know, Mozart sounds like Mozart, Philip Glass sounds like Philip Glass, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a style. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are weird. People are mad weird. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was good. All right. So my, my second pick, this is actually, you know, people, Katie, he's beginning. 
Um, but uh, my second pick is a song called See the Joys by RZA. Um, some people may know RZA as a member of Wu-Tang Clan. Um, but he actually has a really interesting background in terms of like, well, not even background because he didn't start here. He actually started with hip hop, but as his hip hop career progressed and he, and he started, um, he started playing with different types of, uh, of, of things and, in, in him producing hip hop, he actually started writing film scores. Um, so he did the uh, film scores for a couple of movies, most notably probably Kill Bill um, and the sequels to Kill Bill. Um, he wrote the the film scores for which I look at a problem because this is this is public knowledge about him. But like when you look up RZA, like all these different things that they say he is, like he's a director, he's a rapper, he's a producer, but a composer is not on there. And I'm like, he's a composer, like give him his thanks. Um, but this is from his, um, his third studio album, Birth of a Prince. Um, it features a whole bunch of, of different instruments. I mean, you have piano, you have flute, you have some horns with mute on, lots of, uh, uh, drums and, and something that RZA has talked about before with, um, writing or in producing hip hop tracks is that like, um, he said that his sound really changed once he started understanding music theory. Um, he said like, you can tell by listening to like his really old stuff, like Wu Tang Clan when they first started, and before that, to the stuff that he's um, that he's released on his solo albums. Um, he said before he didn't really understand the music theory of things, and like his writing really changed because. Um, now it's not something that you can listen to, but it's also something that people can play. People can do covers of his music now because he's more knowledgeable about um, about different instruments and how uh, they work. So I'm going to play um, a little bit of the beginning of See the Joy. mention not necessarily a specific song but like a group that katie has heard me talk about them before but there's a group that i learned about from watching hip-hop evolution which is a docuseries on hip-hop on netflix um called freestyle fellowship and they're actually more of a hip-hop and jazz fusion um group which is like it was just a super interesting sound that I've never heard before. And it was sort of like a subgenre of hip hop um, after things went down with the whole, like, you know, gangster rap was really, was really uh, popular in the nineties, but 
of course, when, you know, Biggie and Tupac were both murdered, like people were kind of trying to see like, what can we do outside of that? Because it's getting to be a little bit too real. And so um, Freestyle Fellowship, they uh, originated in like a health food uh, shop in Lamar Park um, and, and had this whole totally different sound. And they also use like a lot of different instruments and a lot of different influences from other genres of music. But I felt strongly about these two picks. So that's why I picked them. But. Yeah, shout out to Lamert Park, first of all. Okay, so my final one is by um, Meek Mill. I really should have picked the female rapper now. That Jerry said something, <laughs> I um, but that's but okay. you know, Meek is all about the social justice and getting folks out of jail. So you know, he he out here for the culture too. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. So Meek Mill, like he been in and out of, he's been in and out of, you know our line of sight the past couple of years but most notably speaking of drake remember back in 2015 what a summer you remember Ooh, that yeah do i remember that <laughs> it was 2015 it was 2015 and i remember that because wow. um <laughs> it was like before i was really on ig like that and before ig is what it is now yeah and i went to pick up my friend and she was like yo you hear about meek mill and drake and i was like who's mcmill um <laughs> right but he called out drake for not writing his own stuff and then drake he didn't really have to do all that like drake, you say he really didn't have was, to come back to back because back because <laughs> not only did he write back to back back to back like they popped the charts right like that and that i mean it's also on me mill because also i don't know why you would it's like me calling out kim Kashkashian. like <laughs> you want to you know what i'm saying it's like there's some people you just don't you just don't touch. Like you went, you went for the top because Drake was at the, his prime. I mean, he's still, Drake's still at his prime. There's more people at the top with him, but I really feel like Drake was really like on his stuff, you know. And that's like really, saying Kim, you don't even write your own fingerings. Like Kim, Kim, like <laughs> you and that practice piano. Like, come on, like what am I gonna say to her? Like, <laughs> no. So she would, she would have embarrassed me. She would embarrass me just like Meek Mill got embarrassed. However, Meek Mill has had some running run-ins with the law, but the cool thing about Meek Mill is that this last time, it's not cool, but you know what I mean. This last time he went to to jail, it it really he really had a lot of um support from the community in general, like um especially like there's a there's a song with Jay Z and Beyonce. I can't, I'm blanking on the title and blanking on the line, but they like uh shout out to Meek Mill or something like that. They really got like a lot of, oh, top a lot of support. Top off. I took the top off the Maybach. Yep. I took the top off. Okay. Um, I you remember know, I'm, the line. I'm very versed in that catalog. <laughs> what is the line? What is the line? In the hood, Holland, free meek. Yeah. yeah. So um so now he's like on the other side of that, it's all about social justice and getting people out of jail and stuff like that. So he has a song called Dreams and Nightmares. Now listen, if you don't know any Meek Mill song you know dreams and nightmares because you played at a function everybody knows every single word is very vulgar um and he's basically it's really inspiring i'm pretty inspired by meek mill it's really talking about how he turned out turned around his life and how he he's still that little kid from philadelphia and all this other stuff and um it's like fully orchestrated like shout out to him and his producers that junk is like you got the piano you got strings i said Oh, I'm not gonna play too 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 much because like I said, it's um it's quite colorful. Um and we really not the type of podcast. We really be editing out all the stuff, but um 
for the sake of the content uh we gonna play this this is dreams and nightmares by uh meek mill ain't this what they've been waiting for you ready That's my song. <laughs> I really be feeling like I'm gonna do something when I listen to that song. You know, um, um, but yeah. What, what what that piano reminds me of? You know, a lot of people will go on my Instagram and just think that I'm actually a pianist. But the the thing Garrett, is, Garrett, let's stop tapping. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm I I put a lot of energy in school into studying music theory. So you know, when I hear music like that, I just hear a broken chord with the chord reinforced in the upper octave. So so do you know? any chord on the piano take a c major chord break that down into that five three one three five three one like it was doing in that track and put the the uh the solid chord on top of that you know all of this music can be used as a means of teaching music theory mm -hmm. teaching classical music teaching everything but we just don't put it up there uh on the same level as we put Frere Jaca or whatever whatever right. tune you learn when you learn how right. to play an instrument and that's why the right. students that used to be Go tell Titi <laughs> Like your student said. Oh my God. And that's why students really be going crazy for our friend, our friend Richard. You know, he he was a, a, a music theory TA at um at Eastman. I say was, he's still at Eastman, but you know, he's uh teaching at Howard. Um and he he teaches with that kind of stuff. He teaches with hip hop, he's into he, a lot of his work is on is in gospel so he uses that kind of stuff he's like it does the same stuff it's less boring and kids, <laughs> and kids can interact with it kids y'all are really paying tuition 18 um but students can interact with it at a high at the same level that you would use frere jaca go tell and roadie oh come little children you it's the same it's the same stuff but with more engaging music and that's also like basic pedagogy like like and that's a that's a nice thing richard's a, a, a educator right so it's like you don't go in with your stuff you go in with stuff that people are going to know right so right. yeah now i would be remiss um if i didn't offer one honorable mention you know when i think about symphonic instruments and hip-hop you know, there's there's one of our Negro national anthems. Back that thing up, back that ass up. You know, <laughs> it, it starts with the strings. You know, the strings uh, get it all kicked oh, off. Oh, it does! Shout out to New Orleans. Shout out to Southern rap and and all that. But I wanted to ask y'all when y'all listen, uh, spend time listening to rap or hip hop. 
are you ever challenged by some of the language? You know, I don't love, I'm going to say it for the sake of this. I am really starting to hate the word bitch. I really hate it. Mm -hmm. Are are y'all ever challenged by some of the language in hip hop from your favorite artists? Certainly. I think I I think I talked about, you know, I think I talked about on the cancel episode. uh, I've only ever had an issue or any sort of issue um, with whether or not I was going to continue to support an artist um, once. And that, that was with Tyler, the creator. Um, because a lot of Tyler, the creator's early music is very, very vulgar. Like, in terms of, like, yeah. like, not even just talking about, not even just with curse. Yes, homophobic, um, uh, very misogynistic. He talks about rape and murder and, like, all, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, so that's certainly one. And then also some stuff. Like I listen to some stuff by NWA and they're talking about like, you know, grab that stupid bitch by her nappy ass weave. And I'm just like, okay, like we gotta, you know, like it's just, so there are certain, certain artists, certainly that just, (laughs) I I can't say, say it enough. Like, it's just, yeah, I don't know about you. I think for me, it's gonna sound real bad i've low-key become desensitized to it especially like it depending on who it is you know what i'm saying but one thing that does turn me off and one thing that i will stop listening um if it's like if it does too much it's like every other word's a curse word um there's this one rapper he got this song his name is q money he has a song called neat and let's just say that song is disgusting Gustin. Like, I was like, are you okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, I really want to tell you what it is. I'll tell you offline, but I was just like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, so that if, if an artist, like every other word is cuss where, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, or like the way they use some, some cuss words, like nothing, nothing really offends me in the in the artists that I listen to. I will say that. Yeah. You know, because sometimes the way baby says the B word, you know, what I'm saying I just be like, why it sound like that? But you know, that's a, you know, I still love the baby till he does something terrible. Yeah, Te- terrible, terrible. I want to make that clear. I mean, and you know, hip hip hop, you know, sometimes seems intrinsically misogynistic and and homophobic mm-hmm. and all that. But I feel like the genre is evolving, uh, with the times. You know, you you heard that you know, F-A-G word a lot in hip hop back in the day, but you don't really hear, you know, that that sort of thing these days. Even the N-word, you know, sometimes I just feel like that needs to go away. I understand it's mm-hmm. used and it's historical significance in our culture. I just get real tickled. So, you know, my boyfriend is, is white presenting. He's uh, half, half Mexican, half white. And I get so tip, uh, tickled hearing him listen to hip hop and strategically missing all the N words, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd be waiting for one to slip out by accident, but it don't. So. <laughs> and and the thing is, I was I was reading a Twitter thread the other day about like the use of the N word in hip hop music, and there, people were coming up with all types of crazy um, solutions because everybody want to say the word. I'm just like, I don't, I. Maybe because I'm on my side, but I just understand what the allure is. But um, that's another conversation for another day. 
and people were saying like there should be a clean version that only the white people listen to the whites and everybody else and then the black people get the explicit i'm just like how would you how would one facilitate something like that you know what i'm saying <laughs> like but i feel like i don't know people people use the n-word so therefore they they rap with it but i just feel like anything that's obs- obsessive you know what i'm saying that's when I, it kind of stick out to me like we get it that's your own boy you know what i'm saying like that kind of yeah. thing <laughs> Well, y'all, y'all ain't gonna catch me on stage talking about my nigga William Grant Steele, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I gotta catch myself. Sometimes I do gotta catch myself depending on who I'm who I'm referring to. I'm like, okay, let's just put some respect on their neck. <laughs> like sometimes I do, I do gotta catch myself. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I want to, I want to be in that hall when you if that were to go down. They'll, they'll drag me off it. the stage at Sphinx. It's fi- oh yeah, you ain't come back. Imagine, again. and they they really might could find you in the Olivia Pope. Remember from Scandal, they had that one hole in the ground that had that dude in the chokey. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, they gonna find one of them. They probably uh-huh. got one. Yeah, probably got in the DSO hall somewhere down there. <laughs> they gonna be like, and stay out. <laughs> <laughs> gonna put you in that hole in the ground. <laughs> Ooh, child. Um, real quick, Gary. Oh shoot, we forgot to do the intermission. That's fine. Maybe I won't talk to you because it's top, the hour is nine. Oh, let, let's let's uh, do, let, let's do the interval as they say in over there in Europe. <laughs> the interval. Which, <laughs> oh, we gonna put the Garrett in here changing the order of the show, and we gonna let him. Period. <laughs> um, okay, let's take a break and do it's it's real quick. And I composed this question specifically because I knew you will be here. Um, <laughs> that's the only type of composing I'm gonna do, honey. Um. <laughs> so, anytime you see one of Garrett's uh profiles on social media, in the in the bio, it always says classical music agitator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, I just got I just got a little question. You know what I'm saying? I got a little question. If you were, if you had to find one thing to say to any uh institution in classical music, what would it be? Hmm. If I could say anything to them, uh, anything to any any institution in classical music, what would you say? You know, there's a lot I could say as far as y'all ain't doing this and y'all need to change that. You know, there's a lot on that end. But if if I would try to uh, make sure that I'm heard and to keep things positive, I would just ask every classical institution to think about the way that they're engaging the communities that they live in. And I know that we say that a lot, but uh, during these days of the coronavirus, you know, when we come out of this, these institutions got to figure out whether or not folks are going to want to go crowd a concert hall or want to go um, to their music school. You know, it's all about cultural revel- uh, uh, relevance and cultural capital. So, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, engaging your community and producing content and, and addressing your community in an equitable way isn't just something that you know, we should be doing because we should be doing it, but because there are actual effects and impacts of it. When we come out of this, these orchestras got to figure out how to get all of the money that they can possibly get to make up 
uh, for these shortcomings. And I'm going to tell you, you're not getting me in the concert hall to to listen to a Beethoven symphony, period. That is not happening. I'm not buying a ticket to do that. I want to make that very clear. Now, if you have something that engages me, <laughs> if you have something that engages me or the communities uh, that, that I align myself with, maybe I will take that risk and, and uh, tie a bandana around my face and go to the concert hall, you know, but, um, <laughs> but, but basically... Um, that's that's what it would be yeah i i love um i love being able to call myself a classical music agitator because with um you know with every great change in the world there's been discomfort you know it wasn't particularly mm-hmm. comfortable for all those slave masters to get run up on now was it you know but we had to do that it wasn't particularly comfortable for men to have to get out of the way for the suffragist movement you know right now i think uh we're at a crossroads with classical music i want to shout out um do y'all know david norville he uh, uh boston bass he plays oboe uh, and he, he, he was one of uh, my early um, Triloquy guests. And, you know, something he said has lived with me for over a year now. You know, he talked about classical music being one of the last, vert- last unchallenged vertices of white supremacy. This stronghold of white being superior that no one is comfortable challenging and no one is comfortable fighting against. Um, but you know, I'm comfortable with it. I'm, I'm comfortable (laughs) being that, um, agitator. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my long answer. I would just encourage every classical music institution, whether it's a school, an orchestra, um, whatever, just to make sure you're always thinking about the way you're engaging your community in a unique way. Okay. Amen, amen, lights. Amen. You know, that's what my yeah. preparation say when, no, when nobody agreed. <laughs> amen, lights. Amen, carpet. <laughs> <laughs> my pastor would be like, I want to preach to the walls then. Always be saying. <laughs> um, now, Gary, I do. Listen, I, you, what you said was very profound. I, I was very inspired. I'll go back and write some stuff down. However, you not finna roll up for a Beethoven 7? Like, no, for real though. You, for a Beethoven 7? Look, I'll I'll say this. I I I stand by my my Beethoven. What what I just said. But last time you were on uh, Triloquy, uh, you talked about Sibelius One, didn't you? Okay, because it's last period. It's all okay. none more, none less. So I actually played that on my show a couple of nights ago, and I thought of you. And yeah, it's lap. So so maybe so maybe Sibelius one will get me in the concert hall. But but again, no no Beethoven symphonies. We done. I'm done. Anyway. I feel like I haven't been here long enough to uh to experience all Beethoven symphonies in person. But I'm also irritated enough that I'm really not gonna go pay no money for that. Um, but yeah, I feel you. How about you, Delaney? Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm also going to probably have a long answer, but it's along the lines um, of something that Garrett said and that I would want them to know and to, to realize that you do have to work for my money. Like, period, period. You can, like, you have to, because I just, I'm getting to a point, I'm like, I was, I was just thinking, I was like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I've been radicalized. And I feel like I was, I was thinking about uh, something that you posted on, on Facebook or like you were watching uh, Who Killed Malcolm X and you were like, why is being radicalized a bad thing? Um, 
And I was like, yeah, because I feel like my ideas are getting, like, the way that I'm thinking about classical music is just getting pushed further and further and further away from, like, the the mainstream. And, like, what, and, and that's not a bad thing, at least not to me. Um, so, but I feel like classical music doesn't do a good job of acknowledging all the injustices that happened before. And not even just classical music, just the world and the the world and just the structure of white supremacy in general does not do a good job of acknowledging like did you personally do this no however it happened and somebody needs to write this wrong um and I feel like so far they're just not doing enough um to make me want to be in the concert hall or or you know be involved in that way at least because I was I'm doing I was doing a, a, a project um for for music history and one of the composers that I'm featuring on this project um was a slave and I was just thinking about like wow I'm really sitting in this classroom studying all this music from this time period in which my people were in chains like it's just such it was so trippy it was so trippy to me that I'm just like this is just this whole huge situation going on that involves me and that I you know it, what my people were going through and what I would have been going through had I been alive at that time but we're over here talking about all this other stuff and it's just totally like it's just like a huge blind spot, essentially. And um, even when we get into like black composers like um, H. T. Burley and like these people have only lived like so soon after slavery. Like their parents were probably slaves, you know. And it's just like there is classical music happening um in those spaces in terms of like there are people who were slaves or whose parents were slaves that were that are um composing classical music and I just feel like to to see how how easy it is for me to research a project on Beethoven versus how incredibly difficult it is for me to research a project on like Francis Johnson or something it pisses me off. Like <laughs> it does. Like, so I just feel like people are not doing enough um, in terms of acknowledging that one, there's, there are a myriad of wrongs that need to be, you know, right, righted. I don't know. That's not even a word in classical music. Um, in terms of like how black musicians and black composers have been treated um, in, in the in the performance of their music and the, the conservation of their works, um, but also just ooh, to like I'm like losing my my train of thought. But like um, yeah, I just feel like people need to also. That's what I was gonna say, and this relates to the the topic of the episode is that people need to realize that us giving people their things does not mean that we're taking anything away from Beethoven that doesn't mean we're taking anything away from Mozart doesn't mean we think that box sucks um and we should burn all his music forever like (laughs) people are are so one or the other like how people were like well you guys must um 
think that hip hop is cooler and you guys are just trying to be down and you can't really be classical musicians. Like people think that it has to be on one side of the spectrum or the other. And it, it just doesn't work that way. Um, because I posted something in um, that I had a class and we were talking about the canon and how we got the canon and who's involved in it in a music history class. And people were like, yeah, nine out of the 14 symphonies um, that the RPO played were Beethoven symphonies this season. Um, and, and people were saying all this stuff about like how, you know, this it was specifically about how Beethoven has been overplayed. And then one Caucasian gentleman decided to insert himself and say, um, well, Beethoven slaps. And I'm like, I agree with you. I love Beethoven. However, so do a lot of other composers whose works we haven't heard literally millions of times. And I was like, this is not an appropriate time for that. Like, I understand you like Beethoven. No one's taking that away from you. But it's inappropriate for you to come in and say that as if that is in some way a response to us saying that there's a group of composers that have been excluded and have not gotten um, the recognition that they deserved. That's not a that's not a response to that. We, we we always have to come we always have to come back with the you know we aren't um taken away from Beethoven we aren't taken away from these other composers and we aren't despite the fact that they have taken away from our composers you know we were just talking about Beethoven seven that premiered eighteen I think eighteen eleven eighteen twelve something like that our ancestors were over here getting beat in 1811. So you mean to tell me that we cannot apply our, our heritage and our experiences to the way we're taught music. I mean, that's, it's pitiful to, to think that, you know, we have to come at this conversation from two ways. A, we have to be heard and there, there was music and there are individuals who existed in this time that are being ignored and B, the other side of that conversation, we're not having that conversation to take away from the canon. It, it's pitiful, the, the respectability we have to play within classical music, but you know, if, if not us, who? But the problem is with that is like, it's a classical music thing, but if we really want to step back, it's always, it's always like anytime black people say, black girl magic or i'm rooting for everyone black then it's like man forget all the white people and it's like why don't you have the capacity to know that to understand that two things could be the um two things could be right at the same time you know what i'm saying like that really doesn't i really doesn't understand that and also even if it really was you know what i'm saying devil's advocate even if it really was man (laughs) you know, forget all the white people. Have y'all seen what y'all have done? Like, and it's like for, for once, can we just be like, wow, she's beautiful. Black girl magic for once. And and that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't understand that. And I understand the, the thing with like white people and whiteness are different. You know what I'm saying? But it's also like, it is it don't even take all that like two things could be the same at two things could be right at the same time like we just we play we program um we program william grant still and i was like well you know beethoven really has you know this one song that we found in the archives in 1904 like no one really said all that you know right. what i'm saying and like I, I just don't it's beyond me so it's not even it's like yeah this is a classical music problem but this is like up. Uh, 
problem. Period. I remember I remember when when that hashtag Black Girl Matters came up, it was like people were beside themselves. You know what I'm saying? Or like yeah. um when I'm rooting for everyone black. Yeah, shout melanin, out to Ethan Ray. Yeah. When Ethan Ray said that, when I tell you the internet was a blaze. A blaze. You more know what than, I'm saying? More than the internet. I had some drama with that phrase if y'all oh, you know. if y'all don't remember. Oh, <laughs> right. oh, oh, oh. The minute I said it, I, I, I was like, oh yes. And it's like it's like they I don't understand what you what y'all want. You know what I'm saying? I just don't really this is really it, I don't understand. Two things could be the same. They want to erase at the same time. Yeah, they want to erase people's culture. Like they feel like not even, and sometimes it's not even intentional. Um, but it still does. It doesn't really matter. Sometimes your intent doesn't matter. I feel like people they erase other people's experiences in classical music. Just like um, the whole Twitter thing. Like there are black classical musicians who feel who feel real connection to classical music as well as hip hop. Um, but you don't relate to that experience, so it doesn't matter to you. Just like somebody in my class was like, well, yeah, you know, we 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 play the canon because it helps us connect to our past. I said, whose past? Not my past. Yeah, I want to be connected. Tell to me that? one thing in the canon that has anything to do with my past. Nothing. Like, <laughs> not a positive part of it anyway. <laughs> exactly, not a positive part. Because don't get me started on Frederick Dealey as our handle. Uh, because he used Negro spirituals in that symphony that's about it i mean and i'm so glad you brought up dvorak you know because uh we had a meeting um at my job uh last week uh exactly. we're, we're we're prepping for juneteenth and the programming we're doing for that and um and, and and i and i said a few words you know my boss wanted me to uh talk to everyone to you know gauge everyone's comfort level with really addressing that topic on air and uh one of my colleagues shout out to mindy ratner if you don't know who she addressing is your comfort. we're gonna have to pull over a second gary uh, mindy ratner what was he what was he trying to say? Oh, you're not trying to be messy. Oh, no, okay, keep no, going. No, no, she, she, she really has some great words. You know, she reminded everyone that when Dvorak came over here, he openly acknowledged that there could not be an American school of classical music without black music. He said Negro mm -hmm. melodies, his phrase, make up the best of American music. And you can't have American music without that. So if you had someone from um, Bohemia, you know, now the Czech Republic, acknowledging that blackness is an integral part of American culture and American musical culture. Why are we still having this same argument? Why are, why are we still having the conversation? You know, that um, that challenge for uh, that was on Twitter. Let's say it was a challenge that used, I don't know, some bluegrass song or some some folk tune and you had a bunch of white classical musicians doing the exact same thing. I am sure, I am certain that they wouldn't have gotten the backlash that y'all got. Folks are just so uncomfortable seeing a violin and hearing rap at the same time. And I don't know what the problem <laughs> is, you know? And also, like, the one thing that really makes me annoyed with Americans is the fact that it really took an outsider to come in and tell y'all that we, we deserve to be part of the story. Like, y'all are okay Listen. with that? Listen, he had to come all on a boat, not even playing on a back boat. then. <laughs> on a boat at sea for months. For, mm. and, well, like, I just don't understand. Like, honestly, like, there's certain some certain things, and I know, like, um, 
you know, I've had conversations with my uncles, you know, immigrants or whatever. And they'd be like, you really shouldn't have said all that stuff about America. You got so many opportunities. Ain't nobody negating that. You know what I'm saying? But there's just certain things that Americans must hang their heads for. You know what I'm saying? It's like black people haven't been, weren't, I mean, besides what, uh, my dude, the black Mozart, which he's not, but I'm just blanking on his name. Javali, it's always George. Because I always say his name wrong. Um, black people didn't really enter the narrative until Dvorak brought him on. And y'all are okay with that? And y'all, are we still using the same textbooks? Like, hang your head up for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a problem. But, uh, you know the vibes. I mean, I feel like certain certain things is, certain things are classical music problems, but a lot of things are just like how it is problems. And we have to change some of those before we could change because, I, I don't know. I'm not going to go down that road. But if I were to say something to um to a classical music if I had to ask a question, I would just ask them, do y'all really want to change? Because right. that's that's the conflicting part for me. And mm-hmm. Delaney said something about she's becoming more radicalized. I don't know if I am, but I'm definitely becoming more angry. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, I feel like you see all these things, you'd be like, this um this Elsa Stemma inspired program and then we gonna go we gonna bring the orchestra we gonna bring the orchestra to 79th and Racine on the south side and we gonna play this one symphony and it's like do y'all really want to change or are y'all just doing it because like everybody else is doing it or y'all think it should be done because even as like an educator like education is my background for people who don't know and it's like I because of where I came from you know what I'm saying like I started viola in my suburban school got some whatever the heck lessons my mother could afford and got some real good lessons by the time I got to undergrad so I'm already started behind the curve and that has been showing up as I prepare for these auditions as I prepare for these fellowships it's like is this gonna take a little bit more work for me and cool that's just what it is but I've seen what I've had to go through to to get to a place where I'm comparable to my period peers like buying my first viola when I went to uh when I went to undergrad my little baby viola and then my junior year again being like so this not going this is not an Eastman viola you have like having ha- seeing that seeing like how much you really got to change your strings on your instrument seeing how much you really got to change your bow hair seeing how much the real I went to LA and took a teacher I really should say his name because that was the biggest waste of $200 I've ever spent in my entire life $200 for a lesson you know what I'm saying Ooh. and it's like I've seen what it takes not knowing you know what I'm saying? Not from a single parent household, you know, c- coming in and being like, oh, this is what the girls are really doing. And then I look at my students at my LSSM Inspire program that, that the local orchestra put in place because they want to see more people of color in the field of classical music. That's those. That's not how you're going to do it. Right. I'm like, and I'm really the type of person, like, why don't you just say what it is? Just say you want a tax write-off. Just say you want it to make it look like you're doing something. Just saying you want some black kids on your website. Like, I'd rather you just say what it is. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what it, that's, that's what it's like. And I have all these parents. What I hate, what breaks my heart the most is the fact that I've said it so many times. You have parents dropping their kids off for six hours a week. You know, if you if you were paying a hundred dollars an hour, you know how much how good you would sound. Right. If I went to Duke Taylor and I paid him a six hundred dollars a week for viola, you know how good I would sound. You have parents thinking that's the same thing, and then I had one professor be like, "Oh well, you know, that's like the mission of this." Da 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 da. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You have parents thinking that's what it is, and that's the problem. And you have these kids, and then they come out 
they senior year and they can't even get into the into the the state college down the street to, to play there how are you getting more people how are you getting more people of color into classical music if you can't even provide them the right resources so that's my question you know and i'm not gonna speak too much about fellowships because i just don't really know about what that entails but it's like i really want to know like do y'all really want to change is it like can the board only stomach to performance price on the on the um on the program you saw Tulsa symphony you know tulsa uh symphony uh just put them out there that you know they got a fellowship program not for black people but you wouldn't guess it with uh with all those white people they had on that one little Instagram post, and the fact, the fact that they didn't they didn't even see anything was wrong with it. Right. And the yes. other thing is that no one else did except for you and like two other people. Everybody else yeah. in the Twitter post was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be in this house. I'm gonna be with the with barely else in them." And it's like no one saw the problem except for like three people. So it's like, yeah. and we're in 2020. Like it's like it might not mean a lot to it might not mean. I feel like progress sometimes I feel like we're making progress and sometimes I feel like we we look like we're making progress you know what I'm saying because it's like it's like we have it's like we had a black president but like you know what I'm saying and it's like the fact that we're so we're so we have progressed so much and it's like there's a post with a whole bunch of white composers on it and no one says anything a, a symphony can release a season a season with no and it's not even like okay i forgot what orchestra was oh, i said it on the show i think it got bleeped out though that's fine so i'm not gonna say it again god already spared me but there's <laughs> there's a, a major orchestra that released their whole season it's their season highlights and not one black composer was on it and it's like it doesn't matter if there's other if there's gonna be black composers in there for real it's the fact that none of them were in your highlights you don't want to highlight to chicago with that with a huge black population the home of Obama. Okay, you already said the symphony day. <laughs> oh, okay. you know? speak, speak the truth. Shame the devil. It's like the home, the home of Obama. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't want a, a black mayor and you don't want to highlight a black composer just, just to say face. Hang your head. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's a, my long round way about to be like, do y'all actually want to change? Because I'd rather just go up to whatever the name orchestra and be like, you know what? we kind of good with being white over here so y'all could take that uh diversity junk somewhere else y'all you just say that just say that we'll be like oh, okay cool 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 we'll go over here where they uh doing something else you know first and foremost if i spend two hundred dollars on a lesson that nigga taking the audition for me <laughs> Garrett, <laughs> period and when i was talking to you, <laughs> you know what I know Mr. Taylor was thinking, you see, black people don't listen. And I know he was thinking that because the week before I said, yeah, yeah, rah, 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 rah. I want to audition to this at the audition at the school. And he was like, Katie, you've come a long way, but this school. And I was like, no, 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 cool, cool. Like, I got a personality, you know what I'm saying? I work hard. He was like, Katie, I said, nah, GT, I got you. Right, I got pizzazz. <laughs> I got pizzazz. I got personality. I'm being there like, what up, though? And he was like, he was like, at least take another take another lesson at this school too, so your time's not wasted. That's what that was his quote, mm. right? And he was like, he was like two hundred dollars, Katie. And then just like a black man, I came back. He was like, so how was your lesson? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> when I tell you, I because the school I went to, we're gonna start putting some stuff together. Did I say the city already? Probably. No. So people could put it together, but. The school I went to, let's just say they used to having people who are already done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like you have you have a dinner party, but you go to Wegmans first. You know what I'm saying? They used to have people. So so when I missed that first shift, he was like, you know. Yeah. And when I tell you, I didn't learn nothing in that lesson. I want to tell you what I learned. I recorded it too. 
played it back. I don't know what I learned. He made me start it over and over and over again. He was like, well, this is great. So I got back. Mr. Taylor, I saw Mr. Taylor walk past me. He was like, so how was your lesson? I said, it was terrible. I didn't learn. He's like, I told you not to go out there. And I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just a mess. Like, $200. It's like kids have no idea what they're up against. You know what I'm saying? And I try to be, I try not to be as cynical with them, you know, because they're, they're so young and they just, you know, they like what they do, you know? And I'll be like, it's going to get harder and harder. It's going to cost, it's going to not, I'm like, it's going to get harder and harder and harder. So you might as well start now with not letting them notes just fly by with not just putting your fingers anywhere you want them to go. But, um, I just have a problem with like, my mom was paying $30 a week for my, my half hour lessons. You know what I'm saying? And you get you you keep going you keep getting better you realize like yo if I had a better teacher I would be so much further and it's like parents who you have their parents who don't know about this I say it time and time again if I take my kid to six hours of finger skating you better come out looking like Michelle Kwan number one unless right you know what I'm saying that's what I'm assuming because you don't know you just don't know and I mean, like, I guess figure skating is better. It's easier to see because if she's falling and flopping around. You could tell, you know, it's not as classical music a little bit more nuanced, but parents don't put that together. So I'm just like, if you want to change this, don't say you don't want to change. So we could stop wasting our time to having having these kids in there looking dumb, having audiences expecting to see something different and not. You know what I'm saying? That's just my thing. And to loop it back around to, you know, the conversation of uh, hip hop and classical and all of that, you know, we need more of these teachers who know how to engage the students in an authentic way and make the students want to rush home and practice. A student does mm-hmm. not want to go home and and take out their instrument and practice Frere Jacques or, or, or whatever. You know, you have to you have to make the kids want it. And um and and wanting it is a big as y'all know, wanting it is a big part of development. You know, you just have to make yourself sit down in that practice room and do it. And if you can really cultivate that culture with a with a student, you know, in a way that is um, attractive to them, you know, it, it's all the better. Um, you know, the the last thing I'll, I know we've been on the line for a while, but the, the last thing I will say, um, you know, when we think about black history and the things that our foremothers and forefathers had to go through, you know, they pressed places that we don't have to, you know, they suffered things that we don't have to suffer today. When it comes to black folks and classical music, we need to do a better job of thinking of ourselves in that way. One day we will have our own institutions. We will have our own orchestras. We will have our own schools, our own media organizations. So, you know, they will not have to worry about any of the any of the things that we're doing now. Our task right now is to A, call out these problems, B, find solutions for them, and in my opinion, C, figure out ways toward our owning our own so that we don't have to fall under this respectability so that we can so that we can exist authentically without folks atting us on Twitter or, or whatever right. and, um, and, and continuing to, um, you know, add, add to the repertoire and add to the field um, as, as black composers have been doing for, for hundreds of years now. I'm going to have a question for you when we get offline, Gary, because I ain't going to ask it on the, on the mics, but you know. Oh, you well, know, you know I ain't scared. But. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have made it to where you are going. And I already, I was joking around kind of uh, on our trivia night. I was like, I already know that it's a wrap for me in the Baltimore Symphony. Like, ain't no way my application can go through there. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to, I'm trying to remain. I'm trying to keep a couple of little orchestras in my, in, 
<laughs> as as prospects. <laughs> right. Chicago and Tulsa out. All right. Well, both. Oh, Catherine. Oh, no, no. Thank you, though. Appreciate I, it. Oh, you had a little podcast, don't you? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> well, b- b- before I get off the line, I just want to um, uh, tell everyone, you know, be sure to uh, check out my podcast. I co-host it with Scott Blankenship. It's called Triloquy. You can find that at Triloquy.org, T-R-I-L-L-O-Q-U-Y.org, uh, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, if you want to hear me live in action and you uh, stay up late, um, I host music through the night from American Public Media from uh, midnight to 6 a.m. Wednesday through Saturday. Uh, you'll have to check your local listings on your local public radio stations. Uh, you can also uh, find me, you can stream me online uh, live on the radio at yourclassical.org slash radio. Um, and as always, Katie and Delaney, you know, I'm so appreciative of the work the two of you are doing. Um, you are the voice of a generation. Uh, there will you know, classically black is going to go into the archives one of these days. So I I really appreciate y'all asking me on and I really appreciate y'all pressing forward. This is important work that we all have to do and y'all are doing it um, in your own unique way. So, uh, so, so thank you for that. Nah, thank you. People, you want, you want on the list of people that uh, the listeners are tired of hearing about, we got a list, you know what I'm saying? Of uh, goats that we just mentioned, so um, <laughs> right people that we uh, that we sprinkle in, <laughs> right? You saw uh, Gary's media train. You saw how he just slapped. We gotta we gotta take some notes. We be like, oh, right, uh, exactly. Top past, <laughs> right? We be like, um, um, I'm, sometimes that really gets to me. I'm always saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a speech class because I um a lot sometimes, not all the time, but yeah, for me too. I, um, but thank you so much, Gary, uh, for having for coming on our our little program. Um, <laughs> we are moving on. All right, y'all, it's time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top. Who are you talking about, Delaney? Um, this week I am talking about none other than Blake Anthony Johnson. I'm sure y'all have heard about his excellence recently. Um, he was recently appointed to be the chief executive officer, aka CEO, aka head person in charge at the Chicago Symphonietta. This is going to be effective June 1st. Um, he's taking over this position that was, that was held by, um, another person since 2004 so they they was like we looking for a change like period um he's been out here i mean before this he was uh, the director of learning and community at the louisville orchestra which is great to see somebody in leadership that is coming from that background um um previously had worked at the new world symphony the chicago not chicago i can't read cincinnati symphony um and many other organizations um he's also a member of the sphinx lead cohort um and uh, an alumnus of the blair school of music at vanderbilt uh, the cleveland state university and the manhattan school of music he is a professional cellist um so yeah i was just so happy it's just amazing because we talk about how like as katie would say you can't just have black people making copies and when I tell you, he ain't never gonna make another copy again. And like, that's on period. <laughs> like he ain't making coffee again. Period. No coffee runs. No coffee machine. Like he in charge. Like right. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, but I also recognize that. Like I don't know. I feel like you. I mean, you gotta have. I mean, you gotta have a strong, like, 
how do how do you say this? I don't know how to I don't know how else to say this, but like like a strong backbone for classical music in general. But like you are are this new like you're a CEO. So many, you know, like this is right. crazy. Like the responsibility of this is crazy. I, I mean, obviously, I have no reference for that because I've never been anything close to a CEO. So I'm just and like, I also have no desire. You are really like, like people are like, what's up? What are you finna do? What are you finna do? Like, what you like? But we know you will succeed as you have in literally everything else. Before. Everything else. Um, That's amazing. Shout out yeah. to him. Yeah. So excited to see what you will do. Um, I know that you're coming. Also, you're coming into something crazy. So right, but yeah, congrats. Right, congratulations. So, what piece have you been blasting this week? Don't troll me. <laughs> I, I'm minding my business. Okay, um, my piece this week because it's called piece of the week, not piece in Katie's business. It's called okay. <laughs> three I meditations. Was just you said what? Okay. Three Meditations for Viola and Organ by the GOAT, um, Adolphus Hellstork. Oh. Um, he loves the viola and he played organ in Albany where he grew up. So check that piece out. How many Dumb times pretty. did you listen to it this week? No, I'm just kidding. You said what? <laughs> I said, how many times did you listen to it this week? <laughs> just playing. Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a co-host suggestion. No, I'm not, listen, lean in. Lean in. As long as you're not Mara, lean in. Okay. A co-host suggestion. I realize we haven't dragged during a while, so I just thought that I would throw that in. Send it to classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com, and we will talk to you next week, God willing, if he sees it fit, because Delaney's on my nerves. Okay, bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>